0: and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio.
1: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to American Family Radio. The FBI raid of President Trump's personal attorney should disturb us all. That's what we'll be discussing on the show today. Good afternoon. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. I am your host, Walker Wildman. To keep up with the show, you can simply visit AFR.net. AFR.net, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Walker Wildman. And you can send me an email. These emails come directly to my inbox. Share your thoughts about the show or how you think I could do the show better. Exposing Washington at AFR.net is my email. ExposingWashington at AFR.net. And if you're looking for ways to listen to the show outside of when it airs on live radio right now, then you can visit, uh, of course, you can visit our website, AFR.net, but you can also download the podcast on your phone, on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer. You can download the podcast and listen to it. Maybe at a later date or a later time, if you're not able to finish the show this Saturday afternoon. So we're going to talk about President Trump and and the the raid that occurred on his personal attorney's office and dwelling just about uh, a week ago, uh, a little over a week ago. But before I get into that, I want to mention uh, this past week we've had our spring shareathon, April 17th through 19th. We had our spring shareathon. And the theme is, and the theme was, In God We Trust, our national motto was the theme of this spring's charathon. And I just want to mention to you first, thank you to all of you who have already given to our Spring Sharathon. But if some of you are procrastinators like me and you still want to give to American Family Radio and keep us on the air and keep supporting the good work of American Family Radio, then you can still visit our website, AFR.net and donate it takes about 5 to 10 minutes it's a, it's a secure easy and fast way to donate afr.net so early monday morning on april 9th fbi agents raided michael cohen's michael cohen's hotel room and office and they did so legally with a search warrant and many of you might be saying well who is michael cohen well michael cohen is president trump's personal attorney So Michael Cohen represents the president in personal legal matters. Um, And so, of course, the president has attorneys within the White House and within the executive branch that cover matters that go on within the administration. But nonetheless, uh, Michael Cohen covers President Trump's personal matters uh, from a legal standpoint. Well, the FBI conducted this raid. And what we soon found out was that this raid of Michael Cohen's office what came about from a referral from the special counsel's office, Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller's investigation, Robert Mueller's team referred this uh, criminal investigation to the New York uh, attorney's office, and the FBI conducted this raid on April 9th. Well, they, they ended up seizing hundreds of documents, including emails, tax information, and business records, And you might be asking, well, why is this important? Is this, you know, normal procedure? Should this concern us? Let me play a clip uh, from Alan Dershowitz on Fox News. This is clip one. Alan Dershowitz kind of gets into whether he thinks that this is justified or not.
0: Look, the raid itself was, to everything I can see now, unjustified. What they were looking for were not the most serious crimes, not terrorism, not drug lords, not organized crime. But maybe some kind of technical election violations or tax violations. And to raid a lawyer's office and to seize potentially privileged information. Imagine if they had raided your doctor's office and gotten your most intimate doctor information. No, I, I, I'd be ticked off. I, I, I can, I sensed through the camera the other night the amount of um, anger the president had. I agree with you.
1: Well, that was uh, Alan Dershowitz was the first voice you heard. And then there at the last few seconds, that was Fox News host Bill Hemmer commenting on what Alan Dershowitz said. Alan Dershowitz is a Harvard law professor who who is a, actually a pretty liberal fellow. But he's very cons- conservative in the sense that he's for law and order and he knows all about the Constitution and he interprets it from a founder's perspective, which is how I view it. So Alan Dershowitz there saying that was a completely unjustified raid of President Trump's personal attorney's office. And what he hinted at there is something called attorney-client privilege. Attorney-client privilege means that the attorney who is representing an individual and the client of the attorney who is involved in some kind of civil suit That those two individuals should be able to have communications with each other that are completely and 100% confidential. That way there can be trust between the person who is under investigation or involved in a legal matter and the attorney representing that person. Attorney-client privilege has been around forever in the U.S., and it's one of the greatest parts of our justice system. Is that, a, is, that, is that someone under investigation or someone involved with the legal matter can trust that they can tell their attorney anything and everything and that it will be kept confidential? Well, this totally went out the door because the FBI and the New York law enforcement raided this personal attorney's office of President Trump and seized all of the documents. All of his documents, all of the client attorney documents were all seized. And if you think that these documents are going to be kept confidential, you're naive, because we know that there are some folks out here who do not like President Trump and will leak that information to the public. Not to mention, a lot of the information that was seized in this search warrant has nothing to do with what they were looking for. So, for example, standard operating procedure is that in a search warrant, law enforcement outlines what exactly they're looking for With a search warrant whether it be drugs uh, or other any kind of other illegal activity or illegal uh, items the law enforcement typically outlines this well they did in this instance but they ended up swooping up everything they swept up everything in the attorney's office and it's totally unprecedented and so now prosecutors have access to all of these records and communications Um, and not not to mention I need to mention that the judge who is overseeing this case, (laughs) this is going to blow you away. And I'm not making this stuff up. The judge who is overseeing the case, overseeing the case between the FBI and the President Trump's personal attorney, her name is Kimba Wood, Judge Kimba Wood. Get this. She was considered... When President Bill Clinton was in office, she was considered to be his attorney general. She was on the short list to be President Bill Clinton's attorney general. Not only that, back in 2013, she officiated George Soros' wedding. The, the wedding of George Soros. She officiated his wedding. Well, who is George Soros? Many of you know who that is. He's one of the farthest left billionaires in the world. He's an uber-lefty, a communist, socialist, Marxist, everything anti-American he is, George Soros. And this judge officiated his wedding. Well, is that just a coincidence? You know, don't judges do a lot of weddings? No, high-level judges like this, they only do weddings of those that they are personal friends with. And this judge... Judge Wood not only was considered to be one of Bill Clinton's attorney general picks, but she also just recently in the past few years performed and officiated George Soros' wedding. So where does she stand on the ideological spectrum? Well, she doesn't stand with President Trump, that's for sure. And that should be very concerning to us. And another, another aspect of this is, the, is this— Michael Cohen, President Trump, and all those around them, along the whole time of this uh, investigation, they have completely cooperated with all law enforcement agencies. They have turned over hundreds of thousands of documents willingly to investigators. And the reason I note that is because that fact alone proves that this raid of Michael Cohen's office and home was completely unjustified. If you have an attorney and a client 100% cooperating with you in your investigations, there's no need to raid their office because they're voluntarily giving over information to you. The only reason you would raid someone's office, first, I don't advise raiding anyone's uh, attorney's office. But if you're going to, there needs to be some kind of evidence that, that maybe some kind of evidence is going to be destroyed. And then there's an urgency to collect that evidence via FBI raid, but in this case, that justification is not there. And these are the type tactics that are used in Russia, China, and other countries with little freedom and little due process. This is like what would have happened with the KGB back in Russia decades ago, where people in power used law enforcement to carry out their agenda. This is what is happening here. and it, in my opinion, there should be no Trump-Russia investigation. There, this should be non-existent. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because, in my opinion, and the legal s- historical standard, the standard, the standard uh, in, in history with, when it comes to the legal process in America is this. In order to launch an investigation, there must be an identifiable crime. What do I mean by that? alright, somebody robs the bank, alright, let's open an investigation, let's find out who robbed the bank. Someone is murdered, there's a homicide, alright, let's open an investigation and find out who committed the murder. So on and so forth. But in this case, the Russia investigation has no standing according to the law because there is not an identifiable crime that has been committed. The Russia investigation from the onset is based on hypothetical situations that may may have and may have not occurred. So in my opinion, the Russ investigation should be non-existent. And I stand by that. And other legal people who are way smarter than I agree with that. All right, folks, you've been listening to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. I am your host, Walker Wildman. Stay with us during the break. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad, I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-788-1813. Who is God? What is He like? How can we know? Your answer to these questions will impact your worship, discipleship, apologetics, and evangelism. Learn from Robbie Zacharias, Josh McDowell, Chip Ingram, and more than 60 other speakers at Southern Evangelical Seminary's 25th Annual National Conference on Christian Apologetics. It's October 12th and 13th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Homeschool and other discounts are available. Save more when you register by May 1st at ses.edu. Hi, I'm Jim Stanley, General Manager of AFR. I want to thank more than 12,000 of you who participated with a monetary gift over the last three days, and countless numbers of you who supported us in prayer. Thank you. If you wanted to call in during Sharatha, but for some reason you weren't able to, you can still donate at 877 616 2396 or donate online at afr.net. Thanks for supporting American Family Radio. Welcome back. To Exposing Washington on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back, folks, to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with me this Saturday afternoon. Well, continuing on this topic regarding the FBI raid of Michael Cohen's office, the personal attorney of President Trump. Continuing on this topic, I'm going to play clip two here. This is Jim Jordan, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. Must I mention that I think he would be a great House speaker when Paul Ryan ever decides that it's time to go home, which is going to be soon, obviously, as he announced. Jim Jordan would make a great House speaker in the U.S. House of Representatives. Nonetheless, this is clip to Representative Jim Jordan talking about the Clinton email hypocrisy. Let's listen. Think about the, the, the double standard. Yesterday, we had the FBI raid the president's attorney's residence and his business and got information that has, that, that, that's privileged information. And yet, when Hillary Clinton had 60-some thousand emails and David Kendall had possession of those emails, they got to decide on the front end. David Kendall, Heather Samuelson, Cheryl Mills, and and Secretary Clinton got to decide which ones were personal, which ones they got to keep, and then ultimately destroyed, and which ones they gave back to the taxpayers, gave back to the government. So what a double standard we see. Why don't you just give us the information, Mr. Ray, give us the information, Mr. Rosenstein, give us the information, Mr. Sessions, that we've asked for. Well, that was, as I mentioned, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. And he said it well, but let me just put it all in context. So at the beginning of the clip, he's talking about the raid of Michael Cohen's office and the hypocrisy between that raid and then how the Clinton email investigation was handled. And then at the latter end, he's saying, why don't you just hand it over, Mr. Ray, hand it over, Mr. Rosenstein, so on and so forth. And what he's talking about at the latter end of the clip is how the FBI and the Department of Justice have been stonewalling Congress— in releasing the documents regarding the Hillary Clinton investigation. So that puts that clip in context. But Representative Jordan is exactly right. Hillary Clinton, many of you remember, the whole ordeal is probably fresh on your mind. Hillary Clinton used a private email server to exchange classified information. The private email server was housed and I am not joking here and I'm not making this up. The private email server was housed in a bathroom closet in an apartment complex. Yes, I said it right. The Secretary of State of the of the of the most powerful country in the world housed her private no, not her private, I'm sorry. housed her email server which had government communications on it a lot of it classified she housed it in the bathroom of an apartment complex I'm not joking there what did she what penalty did she pay for that nothing nothing there was a long long drawn-out investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server to, to exchange top secret information and what did she get out of it she got uh, many of her associates were given immunity early on. I mean, at the beginning of the investigation. They were given immunity, which means that they were basically let off. They were immune from being charged in that case. And it later came out it later came out that many of her associates, they destroyed documents. They destroyed documents relating to the case, relating to the investigation. Now, can you imagine if President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, would have burned up or destroyed computers that had information relating to the investigation? He would be in jail right now. But Hillary Clinton does that, and she doesn't have to pay. And this is totally apart from the Clinton Foundation. There's so much crime and corruption surrounding the Clintons that it's hard to keep up with. But many of you remember the Clinton Foundation. What happened there? Well, there was something called pay-to-play. Meaning that while she was Secretary of State, foreign governments were giving donations, big fat donations, millions of dollars to her husband's foundation. And do you think they were just being nice? No, they were getting something out of it. What were they getting out of it, Walker? They were getting foreign policy decisions that benefited their country. This is amazing. What happened to the Clinton Foundation? Did that ever get investigated? Well, I think it did get investigated, but guess what happened? Nothing. Whose whose attorney's offices were raided regarding the Clinton Foundation? Nobody's. So this is a complete double standard. And, you know, if if this was common practice and it went both ways, then I might be fine with it. But this is a one-way street. The Democrats, the liberals, and all of their friends, they don't have to pay for their crimes. But President Trump doesn't even commit a crime and his personal attorney is being raided over it. And and, and if if we're going to launch investigations and start raiding people's offices, let's look into this. You're not going to hear this on the mainstream media. This is from World Net Daily. This was back in 2016. They called this the Clinton Death List. The Clinton Death List. Many of you have heard this, but people don't talk about it very much because you know they get called conspiracy theorists, etc. But World Net Daily Exclusive cited 33 cases where people close to the Clintons mysteriously died over 33 people around the clinton family mysteriously died now in your lifetime especially if you're maybe in your 50s 60s or 70s so you've had you've had a a lot of experience in life how many people around you die of mysterious deaths i don't know any I've been alive 24 years, and I don't know one person around me that I know that died a mysterious death, meaning we're not really sure what happened, how it happened, you know, what, was, what the cause of the death was. But over 33 people around the Clintons died mysterious deaths. Am I a conspiracy theorist? No, I'm not. I'm just citing a news story, just like any other news story. So why don't we investigate that? Why don't we investigate that? Nope, we're not going to do it because the Clintons are protected cronies, and they are above the law. So they think, and they've unfortunately been above the law for most of their history. They've skirted the law, rule, and 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 law for most of their um, their career, and it's really unfortunate. Even under a Republican administration, we can't seem to. Um, to fully investigate and press charges against the Clintons for all the corruption they have been a part of, another troubling thing, uh, kind of on the similar uh, on the special counsel topic that we've been talking about, uh, news has been going around in Washington that that Congress is going to try to Congress is going to try to block President Trump from firing Robert Mueller and this the republicans just don't seem to get it the republicans keep shooting themselves in the foot because first off they haven't got really much done in washington in the last year and a half since president president trump was sworn in they really they got tax reform and they've confirmed some good judges but in the mo- for the most part they have been highly unproductive and so not only are they unproductive they're going after their own president they're going after their own Republican president. So it looks like the Senate, a Senate panel, the Senate Judiciary Committee, this week, this past week, they're going to vote on a bill. The committee is that will block President Trump from firing Robert Mueller. This is this is from the USA Today. I'm reading directly from the news article. Senator Chuck, Chuck Grassley. Senator Chuck Grassley, said he would consider the special counsel protection bill, even though Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the bipartisan legislation would not be brought to the Senate. So Senator Chuck Grassley, Senator Lindsey Graham, they're teaming up with Senator Dick Durbin and Cory Booker, two far lefties, to block President Trump from firing Robert Mueller. Guess where this would send if President Trump were to fire him and this legislation passed? Guess, wh- guess who would decide whether President Trump can actually fire Robert Mueller? A three-panel of judges. A panel of three judges would be able to decide whether President Trump can fire Robert Mueller if this bill passes the Senate in the House. I don't think it will. I don't think it stands the light of day in the House, wh- because thankfully we have some conservatives in there. But the Senate ought to be ashamed of itself for even bringing up this legislation. And it would be different if this was under uh, Democrats in the Senate. But this is under Republicans. Senator Chuck Grassley ought to be ashamed of himself. President Trump has the full right, full authority, to fire the special counsel if he so chooses. And the Senate should have no say in that. And, And better yet, three judges. We know how these judges go. Yeah, do we think these judges rule constitutionally? No, they're rogue. They're rogue little gods with a little G. And they make unconstitutional rulings. So the last thing we need to do is leave the firing of the rogue special counsel up to three black robe black robed judges who think they are kings. That would be a bad mistake. But this is this is how I how I um, conclude what the Congress is doing when it comes to blocking President Trump from firing Robert Mueller. I view this as a group of corrupt cronies colluding to protect their special interest and fight President Trump. The fact is, they don't want President Trump in office. And of course, we know the Democrats don't want President Trump in office. We know the the liberals don't want President Trump in office and the anarchists, but neither do the Republicans. Now, don't get me wrong, there are a handful, <laughs> literally a handful, maybe five senators, maybe a little more, in the Senate who are conservatives who stand with President Trump when it comes to the America First agenda, but the rest of them are a bunch of cronies who are, blocking, who are protecting their special interest and in blocking President Trump. And, and the reason that they're doing this, the reason they're fighting this hard against President Trump, Republicans that is, is because their decades-long betrayal if the American people is being exposed. Their special interest, the money that changes hands in Washington, the people who are paid off, big money in Washington, it's all starting to kind of leak out. It's kind of starting to be exposed. And they don't like it. Republicans, Republican leadership would, would feel better. They would like it better if a Democrat were president. I promise you that. And they all—they honestly thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, but thankful, thank God she did not. But the only way to clean this mess up is at the voting booth. We must send constitutionalists, we must send conservatives to Washington, D.C., genuine conservatives. And we have a chance to do that this upcoming November. Thank you, folks, for joining Exposing Washington. We'll be back this time next week. God bless.